0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أو من كَانَ مَيْتًا فَأَحْيَيْنَاهُ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُ نُورًا يَمْشِي بِهِ فِي النَّاسِ Allahumma Allah Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ahli sayyidina Muhammad wa, wa sallim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in many places in the Quran, He gives us <coughs> different amounts of guidance or guidance in different ways rather. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the angels. He tells us about the angels, he says, that the angels are such that they do not disobey Allah and they do exactly what Allah says لَا <laughs> يَعْصُونَ They do not disobey Allah in anything that He commands وَيَفْعَلُونَ And they do exactly ما يُؤْمَرُونَ what they have been commanded Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't speak without reason in the Qur'an Anything that He mentions is primarily for the guidance primarily for taking a lesson for consideration it's not just, there's no excess in the Quran, there's no superfluous matter in the Quran where it's just extra, it doesn't really mean much, it's just za'id, uh, there's nothing like that. Everything has a particular bearing as to why it's been mentioned there, and there's a very good reason for it being there, that's that's the point. So, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about the angels, the angels have this angelic, they are of the angelic realm, that's... It's that that is what they are. It's a special makhluk of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, who do not disobey Allah. So, they, you learn from the the Quran and 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 from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the status of the angel is such that they are pure beings. They're the ones who are chosen to do the work of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in this world. They're created from light. So they, the impression we get of the angels is of a lofty kind of creation, a lofty creation. So when we then hear that this is what their state and this is what they do, then we're supposed to be encouraged to go in that direction. We can't become angels because we have the potential to sin. But what their state is and why they're so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala among all the makhluk, the angels are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of the work that He does with them. Right? So that in itself is an in indication of what gets a person close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the features of the angels in this state of this, which is that they do everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them to do, is the aspect of uh, the the absence of ghaflah. They're never ghafil. they are never negligent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are constantly focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they do exactly what He does. That's the point of that. We, can also reach that. we can also reach a state where we don't disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or minimally disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by accident or whatever if the ghafla aspect is gone. It's the ghafla which is where our heart is allowed to forget Allah and focus on something else instead. If you go down to the bottom of it, this is exactly what the situation is. Why we do wrong is in our moment of ghafla. Why we would miss a prayer, or why we would uh, not consider something important that is important, is because we have that ghaflah in our heart, which is that negligence, that absence from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And we all know that if we had that absence in our, uh, that if we had the uh, the the absence was absent and we were focused, then we would never do anything wrong. Because that focus is really, really important. The moments of focus that we have and consciousness that we have, things go well for us. It's easy for us. But once you have the absence, then it gets difficult, then you actually even forget. That's a moment of absence from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in another verse, verse He says, وَذْكُرِ Rabbik Remember, the name of your Lord. Remember the name of your Lord. Mention the name of your Lord. Wazkur. Remember the name of your Lord. Wa tabtill ilahi and tabtill is from basically saying and completely cut away from everything else and be completely focused in his uh, to him. Uh, that which is an emphasis. So, and become completely focused on him. Now, how does one become like that? This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to do 24 hours, 24 hours. How does a person become focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 24 hours? We've got other things to do. We've got to eat. We've got to work. Now, in our minds, this, this kind of dichotomy appears. Because in our mind, we have restricted remembrance to particular formalities. We've restricted dhikr to particular formalities and we're so happy that five times a day, we can do salat, which we consider to be the time when we shouldn't have ghafla. So we are happy and satisfied and our perspective in our mind is that at least five times a day or however many times a day, and if we have a time for reading Qur'an or doing a bit of dhikr, right, then we're not ghafil in that time, or are we ghafil? No. If we really are seriously to consider the concept of ghafla in our lives, then number one, the concept that we have of time for this and time for that is totally wrong. Yes, if we, if it was an aspect of Doing a particular dhikr, or a particular activity, or a particular ibadah at a particular time, that's understandable. But the dhikr and the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, tabattal ilayhi tabatila, uh, consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be always there. Which means that we need to change our view of the way we live our life, and how we live our life. And firstly take out from our mind that you can only remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worship. This is exactly what we're, especially for this path that we have chosen, this is exactly what it's trying to teach us. That whether you're sleeping, whether you're eating, whether you're working, your heart should remain connected on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which means that you should be thinking of Him and, and He should be informing our each decision, our thoughts, and so on and so forth. So, tabattal ilayhi tabatila, become focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, it requires a lot of training. It requires a lot of thought about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's, even if you're just enjoying scenery, you think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how He created this, what the purpose is behind this. Even that, it's just, it's just about trying to make the connection between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the thing you're doing what you're seeing. That that's that's essentially what it is. Sometimes if you sit with certain awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're amazed at how can they they think this way? Where do they get this idea from? Which book did they read this in? These things don't come from books because you know they're talking about a modern phenomenon and they're telling you about Allah's perspective they're connecting that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within that. And you wonder how they do that. So they couldn't have read that in a book, because these kind of modern phenomena that you know sometimes the examples they give, it's they they weren't existent before. But of course, by reading how people do this, will help us to understand how these things happen. And that's why they say that this path is really gained, that the best benefit you can have is by the suhbah by being with a person by being with the awliya because you see it in action you see them in different states r- interacting with the world outside for the for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's why one of the great mashaykh of the past he said that we must detract from all the makhluqat all of creation we must detract from Now, on the face of it, this sounds quite deceiving because that's not what he means. He doesn't mean that go into hermitude, forget everybody, cut away from everybody. Essentially what he's saying is that your focus should be entirely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and cut away from the makhluqat. What he means by that essentially is that when the primary focus becomes Allah, the method he gives for that is... Cut away from the makhlukat Break your ties with everything Develop your ties with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And then Fulfill your relationship With the people for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So You're going to be doing the same thing You're going to be speaking to people Living with them Loving them Everything else But because it's for Allah Not for them Then that ghafla will not be there so the ghafla will ma- the focus will always be through allah my relationship with him is for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sake so cut away from the people connect yourself to allah and then reconnect with the people on that basis it will take away selfishness it will take away everything and the more the person has this ni'mah of allah subhanahu it's a ni'mah for a person to take everything through Allah. See everything through that lens. It's a ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah for that ni'mah. But if somebody has that then for example you we're praying salat. What happens in our salat nowadays? We think about everything but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our salat. If we're lucky we might just remember him Two, three times in the salat that we're actually doing this for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, even in our niyyah, we're supposed to say, Oh Allah, I'm praying turukats for you. Even that is done in so much ghafla that we don't even remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even in our niyyah. Whereas niyyah is supposed to be some a matter of the heart that this is your thought, this is your presence, this is your consciousness, this is your conscience. So, <coughs> our salat, are they even accepted? Because even our niyyah wasn't correct. Meaning, it wasn't with presence. It was correct from a fiqhi perspective. Did you intend, the mufti will say, did you intend two rakats? Your face in the qibla. You were pure. You had wudu. It was time. All of your faraid were met. You know, you you stood up, you did qira. Your salat is valid from that sense. But it's a form. It's a form that was valid. The presence wasn't there. That's why our salat doesn't do anything. So, until we're not focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, conscious of Him all the time, this is. until we don't have that ni'mah, then our salats are going to be lacking in that case as well. And now think one step further, that if in our salat we just about manage to be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a few times if we're lucky, and not entirely, and the makhluk is what's in our mind. When I say makhluk, I mean, we're thinking about where we have to go today. You know, I have to take my family shopping, for example. I have to uh, go to work tomorrow. Or oh, this is what happened at work, it bothered me. Uh, this is what's going on today. Some concern, some grief. All of these griefs, they come in salat, especially at salat time. Especially at salat time. So if that's happening in our salat, then that means we don't have the ni'mah of presence. If we try to develop that presence, and at least on the Day of Judgment, we can tell Allah, Oh Allah, I did try. I was trying. Some people don't think about this for the rest of it. They pray, they pray, they pray, but they don't. Their focus is not there. And they have no presence, they have no consciousness that they're even doing wrong. At least, if we've developed the consciousness of the fact that we're not doing this right, then at least one level of ignorance has been dispelled. Which is that, I don't know, but at least I know I don't know. When it's that I don't know and I don't know that I don't know Then that's the biggest form of ignorance So at least in this case there's that one level, okay I don't know But then this, this should also stay in our mind because we become ghafil of this fact I don't know, So we, we become ghafil We just do our prayer We're so immersed in the dunya that we make our prayer mechanically Without realising So we don't even have the opportunity So we have to train ourselves. I think the way we do it is we have to train ourselves to stand up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and don't start our salat until we have a good intention. At least like that. So that's the minimum that we can do. At least that much. So for example, if we do start our salat, and we realize that we didn't start it with consciousness, we didn't start it with consciousness, then start it again. It's asking for a lot to be conscious throughout our salat but that's why we do so much salat so many times to be able to develop that consciousness but at least if we can start our salat with that consciousness like real consciousness otherwise don't consider our salat started if you've got if you've got obsessive disorder then then this will be difficult because then you'll be starting hundreds of times and never your salat will never be done right we you know this is not for that reason, it's, it's for the reason of um, to get that focus so let us make it our habit now that at least when we begin our salat we've got the consciousness for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am doing these four rakats for Him that's, that's it. inshallah that's where we can, we can start from it will help us but this is basically the litmus test now think of it the next step If this is our case in salat, where we're supposed to be focused on him, it's an action (coughs) that has been dedicated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we are absent in our salat, then can you imagine what our state is outside of our salat then? When there's no indications to be focused. The salat is an indicator to be focused. It is for Allah. Oh Allah, I'm praying for you. And we're absent in our salat, so can you imagine what our state is then outside of salat, when we're not even supposed to be focused in our mind, you know, according to our concept? Now, to really understand whether we have a disease in our heart or not, and whether our heart needs work or not, if somebody is still not convinced, that we still, if somebody is still not convinced that we have a problem in our heart, say, no, 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 that's not a problem, you know, whatever the case is, okay, fine. Let's let's take another test. <coughs> This is all about self-reflection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, to women, فَلَا تَخْضَعْنَ لَهُ بِالْقَوْلِ Do not soften your voices. Do not soften your voices and speak in this kind of low tone. Right? فَيَطْمَعَ الَّذِي فِي قلبه so that those who have a disease in their heart will find an attraction. Fayatum al Tama. means a desire to get something. So those who have maradun, maradun means a sickness. And subhanAllah, the same word has been used for Fi qulubihim marad, they have a sickness in their heart which is of an excessive nature so, yeah, so that it's kufr shirk. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the women do not lower your tone and speak in that way so that in that husky way so that those who have marad in their heart will desire. So now what is our state? Are we attracted to this kind of call when somebody speaks like that does our heart have a desire? Can we keep our gazes away? Or do our gazes fail? Does our desire fail in that case? What does that mean then? Of course that means that there is marad in the heart. There is a sickness in the heart. There is an illness in the heart. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is not to just condemn ourselves. But to... (coughs) When When you have a realization, one is... Something's aching in your body And you've heard of other people who've had that ache In that particular part of the body And it was supposed to be this particular disease You know, critical disease Or, you know, something serious But you don't want to know Because you know it's going to affect you But it's good for you to know So that you can do try to cure it earlier, it's better to get it cured earlier. But what we do is we ignore it, we don't go to the doctor, we think, oh, it'll go away, it's just, you know, whatever. But then once you find out and it's diagnosed, or it gets worse and you find out, then you know you've got a problem, then you suddenly become focused, okay, let me go and let me do something about this. <coughs> Somebody's going to the toilet quite often, urinating quite a bit, finding... Um, or would you call it uh, dryness in the mouth. So his friends tell him, Well that could be diabetes. But he doesn't want to know, he doesn't want diabetes. He'd rather not have it. Now, it's not a fact that you you know, you don't want it. It's the fact that whether you have it or not. The person doesn't go to the doctor. Then one day it just gets worse and he's losing his weight now, right? Because that's what happens. And then he goes to the doctor and finds out, yes it is diabetes, they run the test. Yes you do have diabetes. Now he, generally people at this point now will start taking medicine, focusing on it. They've accepted, they have to accept it now. So, this is not for self-condemnation, this is just for diagnosis. This is the litmus test, that if we have toma in our mind, if we have this desire in our mind, right, then that means we have a marad, and we have to do something about it. So the point is, we have to do something about it, and the good news is that, there are things that we can do about it. And this is exactly why we're on the path. So this is just a reminder for that fact. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَا min al-ghafilin. To not be of the ghaafilin. This theme runs through so many verses they were ghafileen this is why this happened they were destroyed because they were ghafileen they committed this because they were ghafileen and allah is saying do not become of the ghafileen ghafileen ghafla ghafla is negligence is the biggest problem that we have so if we can't make a salat that is absent of ghafla then our state outside of salat is even more ghafil we have uh, people get their windows cleaned because they can't clean themselves So they hire a window cleaner Because they can't do it themselves Whatever's in the house They keep it clean Spend time cleaning the bathrooms Spend time cleaning the bedroom Making the beds The kitchen And so on and so forth What we can't do ourselves We tell others to do We clean our car When we can't do it We take it to a car wash so when we focus on these things for the things that Allah has given us in our life that we use, then our heart is the most valuable thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us because that is what's going to go into the hereafter. That is what's going to be of value later on. That is the most important thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, <laughs> And the benefit of remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that it will cut through this ghafla. It will cut through this ghafla. What this verse says in Surah Al-A'raf is that إِنَّ الَّذِينَ التقو, Verily those who have taqwa, who are God-fearing, إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَان, مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ When an attack from shaitan comes, in other words... When they are touched By an attack or an influence Of some sort From the shaytan تذكرو They become in the state of remembrance They enter into the state of remembrance فَإِذَاهُمْ مُبْصِرُونَ Suddenly They have basira Suddenly they have insight And they're able to see So the one thing that dhikr will give us Is that it will give us insight Perspective and focus which if we don't have is why there are people who are ghafil is the you know the is the second level of ignorance at least we will be safe from the second level the compound ignorance by realizing because we will become seeing so there is a benefit in dhikr there's a benefit in dhikr uh, the the ulama they Because the focus in Islam is so much on the heart Everything related to the mind and heart Is being really studied thoroughly So we have concept of Yaqeen Conviction And our iman is yaqeen The the other word for iman is yaqeen What does iman mean? Conviction That's what it means Yaqeen is the same thing The stronger the yaqeen is The stronger your iman is Yaqeen is a generic concept In the sense that it means Absolute conviction in anything, whatever that may be. Iman, of course, is conviction, the same yaqeen in these tenets of faith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the last day, you know, the hereafter, and so on and so forth. So that's the way Iman and yaqeen relate to each other, but Iman is all yaqeen. Without yaqeen, you can't have Iman. It's the main element of Iman. It's just about what do you have yaqeen on, is what makes Iman what it is. So now, Yaqeen as a concept, conviction The ulama have explained three types of it Which you understand from the Quran directly Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses these terms So for example, the best example of this is You've come home from work right? You've come home from work And you've got a loving wife Who sees that you've come home from work After a long days of work This example may not be understood if you have to come home and make your own cup of tea. right? But if you've got a wife or somebody or a mother for that matter, whoever it is, somebody that comes and they've seen you come back from work they say, Okay, let me make a cup of tea for you. You seem so tired. Now immediately, you know what tea is. You know that it's hot. You know, you have an idea that it will do this for me. It will make me feel better, the heat of it. So you have what? El <laughs> الْيَقِينَ You've got a conviction about it, but you've only got the knowledge of the conviction. That I know that tea has this effect. So now you're looking forward to it. MashaAllah, as then she enters the room, and the steaming cup of tea that's coming, what do you have suddenly? You see it. Before it was just conceptual in your mind. Now you see it. So you get Aynul Yaqeen. You get the vision of the yaqeen. So now it's higher level than just the first one. It's not just the knowledge of something. You've suddenly developed the sight of it as well. You've just confirmed it with your sight, so it's just gone higher. More yaqeen. And then after that, you take it, and you put it to your mouth, and you feel the, the heat of it, and you taste it, and there you get the haqqul yaqeen Now you have the full experience of it. Now that is yaqeen. It's the full yaqeen. Nobody can, no, you, nobody can deny to you that there's this hot tea because you've just tasted it now. Where is our level of Iman? Is it ilmul yaqeen? Clearly it is because we are Mu'minin, we believe, we are active believers. So it's ilmul yaqeen. Is it aynul yaqeen? And when is it going to become haqqul yaqeen? That is the that that is what we need to get to, to make it a personal experience. To strengthen this yaqeen. This is the most important thing. To strengthen this yaqeen. Then when shaitan attacks, we'll be able to deal with it much more easily. Right now we get into the ring and we're gone. You know, Sparring is very hard. It's not difficult. It's not easy. You can do an hour of exercise. But you go and do sparring for two minutes and you'll be knocked out. Of oh, surprise. It's, it's just, it, it takes so much. For a person to be, to stay in the ring for three minutes requires a huge amount of exercise. Believe me. I mean, I was like surprised. This is tough. Because there, you're not just doing one repetitive action like you do in a, in a sequence of exercise. You are on your guard, defending yourself, attacking your opponent, moving around. So it's mental work, visual work, and of course your body has to have the stamina to do it. So now when it comes to our sparring with the shaitan, we've just made salat. What kind of training did we do in our Salat that after Salat we can stand even for a minute in front of the Shaitan? We can't. We get knocked out as soon as we come out of the masjid. Something nice comes along and something that looks attractive comes along. We are knocked out already. What did our 10 minutes of Salat do for us? Whereas that 10 minutes, you know, uh, to stay two minutes in the ring, yeah, it's, it's a lot of effort. It's a, it, it's a lot of effort, especially when we're unfit. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, خير, um, uh, I'm not sure if this is a hadith or if this is a wise statement, but وقر, the best of that which can be settled in the heart is yaqeen, that conviction. To that high level And the reason why this is so important <coughs> Is because We worry about every part of our body We worry about every part of our house Our cars and everything else That it's all clean But the problem is that on the day of judgment These are the two verses I want to quote يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالٌ وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٌ On that day Your wealth Or your children will not be of benefit to you Except the one who comes with a qalbun saleem Comes with a heart that is sound, unpolluted Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse يَوْمَ, يوم نَقُولُ لِجَهَنَّمُ The day we will say to the hellfire هَلْ امتلاأتي? Have you been filled? But it will continue to say Is there more? Is there more? Is there more? more? وَأُزْلِفَتِ الْجَنَّةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ but at the same time, while this is happening to the Jahannamis, the Jannat will be brought close to the muttaqeen. غير بعيد, it will not be distant. هذا ما What is being said to them is هذا ما This is what you have been pr- promised. لِكُلِّ أَوَّابٍ This is what has been promised for every awab and hafiz Every person who used to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who used to be constantly focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who was particular? من خشي الرحمن بالغيب, those who feared Allah subhanahu wa taala in absence. Those who feared Allah subhanahu wa taala in absence. bi بقلب منيب. So in this case, it's called قلب منيب. منيب also means inaba. Inaba means to rujul ilah. It means to to return to Allah subhanahu wa taala. To become focused on Allah subhanahu wa taala. To constantly, you see, I think the concept here is that it's very difficult to stay focused on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have these moments of negligence but inaba tawbah, return to allah like every time your mind is going back to allah if money is our biggest thing then our mind will constantly go back to money if wealth if health whatever it is it's where does our mind constantly go back to where does our inaba where is our inaba you see so it's qalbum munib is the one al-munib ila allah that goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is what's going to... So the whole maqsad of this is to create ihsas, consciousness in our heart. And if we can create that, and if we can have that more than we don't have it, then, then we are successful. And that's what we're trying to gain here. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alayhi Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa اللهم انت السلام و منك السلام تباركت يا الجلال و اللهم يا يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا يا من لا اله الا انت اصلح لنا كلنا كنا من الظالمين اللهم اغفر وارحمنا واعفنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا لمن سبحان الله العلي الوهاب O oh Allah, accept our worships. O oh Allah, forgive us our sins. O oh Allah, forgive our sins. Forgive our wrongdoings. Forgive our excesses. O oh Allah, forgive our shortcomings. Forgive our weaknesses. O oh Allah, forgive our negligence. O oh Allah, forgive our negligence. O oh Allah, oh Allah, forgive our negligence. Forgive our states of absence from you. O oh Allah, more of our state is absent in you than we are focused. Allah, our salats are of no value Our salats Are fully consumed uh, With the dunya Oh Allah, we're fully engrossed in the dunya Even in our salats Even in our worship Oh Allah, give us the ni'mah Of being as connected with you give, a, give us the ni'mah of your love Give us the bounty of your love Oh Allah, give us the bounty of focus Oh Allah, oh Allah This is something that we've been trying to do for such a long time. Oh Allah, we ask that you facilitate this for us. You make this easy for us. Oh Allah, we will die at any time. Oh Allah, we don't want to die with a heart that is diseased. That is weak. That is focused on everything but you. Oh Allah. We gather here on this day. Oh Allah, have some... Grant us some tawfiq. Oh Allah, grant us some tawfiq. Oh Allah, merely look at the external situation. Because we have nothing to offer to you from our hearts, but just the fact that we're here sitting together for your sake. Oh Allah, accept it from us. Oh Allah, nobody's made this an obligation for us. Nobody would say anything whether we were here or whether we did this or not. Oh Allah, Accept our intentions. Accept our actions. Oh Allah, accept our being here. Oh Allah, we do this because your messenger sallallahu has told us that anybody who sits in a dhikr gathering will never be considered unfortunate. Oh Allah, this is our belief. Oh Allah, this is our belief. This is why we do this. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the benefit of this majlis despite our not being worthy of it. Oh Allah, we ask that you allow us to be more associated to you than anything else. You grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Oh Allah, that you make everything for your sake. Oh Allah, you grant us purity in our hearts. You make our hearts the way you want them to be. You make your obedience pleasing to our hearts. You make our disobedience ugly and reprehensible in our hearts so that we avoid it. Oh Allah, take away the attraction we have towards sins, the desire that we have of sins. Oh Allah, grant us desire to just worship you and keep that dominant. Oh Allah, O oh Allah, those who are sick among us, those who are sick among our community and our families, oh Allah, remove their sickness. Oh Allah, those who have left this world, oh Allah, grant them forgiveness, grant them elevation in their status, grant them protection, grant them protection. Oh Allah, we want the company of your messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in the hereafter. We ask that you send your abundant blessings on Rasulullah. And all those who followed him, all those who followed him in the path of the Sunnah. All the pa- all the mashaykh of the past. We ask that you send abundant blessings on them and fill their graves with your noor and with your light. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the barakah. You grant us the barakah of this silsila, of this of these paths that we have followed, and the Mashaykh of these paths. And O oh Allah, all the great bounties and the barakat and the rahmah that you showered upon them, you also shower upon us. O oh Allah, you do not make us a disgrace for our community. O oh Allah, keep us from humiliation. Keep us from humiliation. Elevate your karima. La ilaha illallah. Grant us true, true understanding of iman and true practice of iman. O oh Allah, grant us humanity, grant us empathy, grant us compassion, grant us gentleness, grant us softness, grant us true understanding and knowledge, true perspective. O oh Allah, accept our du'as. We ask that you make the best of our days, the day that we stand in front of you in the hereafter. Make all the stages of the hereafter easy for us. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun <laughs> a'l-mursaleen. Wa rabbil